Welcome, welcome to RD21 from Buffalo. We're in Buffalo, and we're down a man. I'm Daryl Ray. Mike Heike is what they call under the weather, which I, d- I don't understand the uh, actual origin of that. How do you get underneath the weather? We were in some weather on our flight here, I can tell you that. Uh, anyway, we uh, hate to move forward without our great, eloquent senior writer for DallasStars.com. Uh, but he's absent. And what happens in hockey when somebody's not available? It's next man up. So the next man up is the vice president of communications for the Dallas Stars, Tom Holy. Even though I want to fill Mike Heike's shoes, I'm not going to start every sentence with either, it is interesting, or <laughs> don't, the funny thing about that is... Don't mock the injured. Don't mock the injured. I'm not Right out of the gates. Uh, uh, the uh, digital ninja, Jeff Totes, is here as well and has us set up. And he has his own microphone this week to try to chime in a check, little bit. Check, check. Yeah, there you go. Fruit ninja. So I thought we would start with the Dallas Stars team picture 2019. It's a good starting point because, Tom, you ran the show. And uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than just having somebody stand a uh, few uh, rows up in the stands and then snap a picture, which I witnessed. Uh, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. There Just, was close to a thousand people in the picture, it seemed like, the other day. Well, there were 52. Well, the breakdown, there were 28 players, nine coaches, eight trainers, six managers, and one owner. So if you, as I, I told you, you go back to when I was in team pictures, like in 88, there were 23 players. The player thing has, has swollen a little bit, but there were 23 players then. There were four trainers. There were three coaches. There were two managers and one owner. That's a lot of people that are in the picture, and it's not just the stars. I mean, this is pretty much league-wide. So what actually goes into deciding, first off, deciding uh, who will be in the picture and secondly, how, how it's going to be set up and made so pretty. Well, first you talk to the GM of the team is what I've historically done and say, okay, who's in? And there are a few people. There has to be a cutoff line because there are that many people, but there's only a certain amount of people you can really have. There's only there. so many chairs. There are. There are. So you, you come up with that list. And then once you get that list, this year we did things a little different. We put the three letters in the middle. When we went with the three captain, rows, the two yeah, alternate captains. We previously just did the captain in the middle, but we put the alternates down there this year. Uh, part of that reason is because when you're starting to map it out, with how do you players, plan that? As far as where the players go, well, how do you like? Do you storyboard it or do you? No, I took it, you, I, I took it from my experience and I brought it from my previous place on how you line them up. And I always oh, you just dropped the in- experience card on us here. Oh well, yeah, I'm old. Uh, but I, you take this in the second row. What I do is I put the the I, it goes by games played. Oh, so, really? Yeah, I take the most games played on the team. Does and, it ever go by height? Well, that's yes. Then it goes by height. So what I'll do is the guys at the end. I didn't know are this. the tallest, and it goes to the shortest in the middle. So if you look at what both rows, on right. the top row, it's just the rest of the guys. Shortest are in the middle, and it bows out to the tallest guy. So that's why Alexiak and Nichushkin are on the. The ends. It was either Nichushkin, Richie, 
or Foxa, and they're all right at the kind of the same height over there. Uh, and then when I'm kind of siding people, I look at like connections or who they're kind of close to a little bit. On the one side, I put Spezza with Como and Cogliano. They all, all kind of are close to each other, so I put them on the one side just because I said that might be cool for them. Because they'll so, get along. Yeah, they, there'll they be no fighting. There will be no bickering. You? There will be no bickering. So that's how that goes. Um, and then the rest, kind of, you just do it by flow. Uh, this year we put Vern and Stan. This is Vern's first year in it. Uh, Not his first team photo, though. No, as a, as a, in a suit. Vern yeah. in a suit. There you go. And I did, there was some consternation. Do you put him in a track suit? Do you put him in a regular suit? Because him and Stan work exclusively on the ice with the guys in track suits. So do you let them come out in their skates and their track suit? But we went with suits. So was there like a focus group that had to go over this? Or was it mainly you were the dictator, the, the photo dictator? Once I know who's in it and approved, I'm the one who puts people where they go. You know what would look even better? If there wasn't a red line right through our logo in front of the team. Your favorite thing. We keep yeah. going back to that. I'm just I'm looking at it on the computer right now. So obviously you picked that side of the ice because of the team logo. logo team logo. There. So you want the team logo in it. Uh, we do a couple versions. You could superimpose that thing nowadays, couldn't you? Y you could. You could superimpose anything. Now, this is the first time I've done 19 across on the bottom row. And now that it I've is seen a it, wide picture. So now that I've seen it, next year we might go to four rows because that is getting better. Have guardrails up there. That is getting pretty far back there, but I need to figure out how to do a fourth <laughs> row because when you're looking at it, it is you do feel a little bit removed. I always it. What about hands? That's always my biggest question. Okay, so the suits in the front and the players' hands on knees. Yeah. Goalies. We talked about it. I want their pads as close to. Uh, erect as possible I want because when you're just sloppy with your pads nobody wants to see that vertical right so is vertical. That what you're looking for yeah we, we go vertical okay Tom. Uh, you this don't want your, your tenure on rinky ding is going to last about 10 minutes here the the video ninja will edit that yeah, out you'll in fix, post you'll we'll put that i know what post. you're talking about uh and then goalies with the goalies look, with their hands they look so awkward all the time yeah. as a former goalie it's it's a weird thing to be sitting on a chair with but all I, that gear on i talked about it with dobie Anton Hudobin. We use nicknames. Heike doesn't. I'm sorry, Heike. You're allowed That's to do it. that. You're from a different um, portion. He asked, do you want my hands on my pads or do you want them behind? And it's behind is See, the See, now, I, as a former netminder, would have told you to go take a flying leap if you told me to leave my gloves in behind my pads because uh, they have the sponsor on there, whoever my manufacturer is, and I want it showing up. Fig Newton. Fig Newton. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, you say that, though. This sign and, is, and there's, is inconvenient This is a dangerous. completely different topic. <laughs> but advertisements are coming on. Everyone's fighting against jerseys. And, and Gary Bettman actually is one of the, the prime guys in saying, I don't want ads on our jerseys. And yet it's just such an opportunity for a massive revenue stream to have them on there. The thing that I still can't understand is why they haven't gone to goalie pads and just taken a beer or uh, AT&T, whatever you want to pick, and just slap it right on those pads. Well, Just so, like great big billboards. So when you look at basketball pictures for the Olympics, they have big advertising. Well, if you look at any European Adidas, hockey, they Adidas have ads all Nike, over them. And you'll see them hide people and try to use... Anyway, yeah. back to the picture. You did a beautiful job. It really does look good. I'm, I'm a little bit torn on the, on the tie thing 
for all the you guys want the in same suits. Tie. Huh? You want the same? No, tie? I don't at all. It looks very collegiate when everyone has a colored tie on that is the same as the team. Um, I like but, people to have their flair. I like style. I want to see what flair. You... Where you want buttons on suspenders now or what? Thirty-two pieces of flair <laughs> right here. I I like it. it it's fine. Some do and some kind of don't in that picture. Uh, but for the most part, it, you know, don't, you don't want anything that clashes. Like if somebody wore a red tie, it would probably it look like a power tie because that's what a red tie is. But it would really stick out on there. So nicely done. Uh, as you and I debated the other day, not debate, but we had a conversation about whether that you should take two pictures during a year, not just a year ender. It was nice. Everybody was there. You know, Stephen Johns and Mark Mathot came back for it, and uh, Martin Hansel was in it, and guys like Pitlick uh, who are injured suited up, and they get, they're in the picture. So that was wonderful. You want guys that played for you in that picture, but I just – it seemed like back in the day we always took two pictures. We took one early on, and then we took one with all the hardware in front. And that's not one that I've ever thought of doing, one right before the season with that opening night lineup, which there is some merit to that. Yeah. But then – you look around. Oh, I know. You, you look at your Twitter I feed know. right now, though, and teams pop up. I'm following everyone in the league, so I've seen the Florida Panthers. I've seen a bunch of teams putting well, theirs out right now. So You did a wonderful job. It looks and there's, beautiful. there's one other picture that you know full well that you take if you can get yes. the opportunity, yes. and that's the second picture. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, good point. So in years where you're successful, uh, come playoff time or – I think even, uh, although they don't give you anything for a divisional title <laughs> other than the banner, it'd be tough to have a banner just laying on the ground in front of you. There is, I have one, selfishly, I want to get this on the air because there's one thing I look forward to. It's going into Carolina, we go into Raleigh, and you walk into the press box and they have all the team pictures there. And who's prominently featured? Mr. Daryl Ray. Oh, yeah. What a thrill. Uh, well, since we have you filling in this week, uh, so it's a full it's a full podcast of Puckaganda, really, is what it is. Where, so is, is your job, is it uh, akin to like a White House press secretary? Not as much, because we're not out there publicly speaking too often, unless they get brought on the rinky-dinking, which is a, a You're really speaking to the thrill. public here it's, now. It's a thrill. Uh, that there are millions that download this. The White this. House press secretary tends to speak for the president more so than a PR person. So who do you speak for or whom? Nothing. I try to strengthen people's voices. I try to give them the way So you're a voice coach. Like I give them information. I give them strategy on what they can do. And then whenever they get into whatever situation they're in, they get to choose what they want to say, obviously. But so wh- where does your background in that come from just experience again experience watching sports growing up and then i i got into it uh with the cleveland indians i was able to be a press box attendant there and they kind of showed me nomenclature the is the tribe i don't know if you're aware of that or not yeah, we flew over cleveland coming here yeah it was so very exciting knows, for i you. almost parachuted out what um so when when that when that's going down when stuff is getting real are you are, are you proactive or are you summoned or how, how does that part of it work? Every on, on the Those would be the difficult days, right? When you're in either damage control or uh, tr- trying to handle uh, a, some kind of a major situation within the organization. It's usually reactive when it comes to things like that because they have something you happen, that's happened that you're reacting to. And you don't want to predict those things. Like you, in the back of your mind, you always have a 
playbook or you follow other leagues or this league and right. see a situation that develops to say, okay, how did they handle that? Yeah. You keep a little notebook going of, okay, this is what they did. I could steal from them if something were to ever happen there. Yeah. So you're a little proactive in it, but you can only react to what's happening. Uh, you sent out a ton of media releases and what have you. Are, are those still a major thing? Yeah. If you as much the, as they, they once were, or is it, is it just different now? Or Well, the thing that changed... Because information the, the gets thing, out so the, quick. The thing that's different now with Twitter is people racing to get the first, the blah, Be blah, first. blah, sign, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And when they, that gets out, the release usually follows it afterwards because things get out quicker. And people still read the releases. They use it, but then they build upon that. All I want to do is make sure people can build upon some information I've given to them. And if they do, great. If they don't use it and they go find their own stuff, that's fine too. But I want to try to help the media and try to help the fan base. And a big part of that now is getting your marketing department and the people who run your digital teams information a little quicker. Well, that, was, that would be my next question is, like, when you began in this business, you weren't here, you were in uh, – your first job was where? Cleveland Barons okay. and then San Jose Sharks. Okay. They were owned – it was all owned by the Sharks. So – that was pre the size of digital departments and the amount of Instagram, Twitter, wherever things are being spewed out now. Uh, so how has it morphed as you've moved along? When I started, the newspaper was still king. And if you can get into people's columns, whatever paper you were around, if you get in their notes, you were pretty pumped about doing that, especially in Cleveland when you were with a minor league team. Cause if you can get put next to the major league teams, that's great. But with the, the big club, it was your beat writers. And then usually what happened was people like Pierre Lebrun or Bob McKenzie, those were the big dogs that got things from GMs. And that didn't go, or agents or wherever. It didn't really go through PR departments. They would go around that to the people who are making decisions and who are around them. And now you have the crossover where some of those people are that, but you're also competing against them as a club to get your information out so you can control it and get the clicks and the likes and the comments in your own, in your own world. Is so, it easier now to control your own narrative than it was? No. It's harder? It's, it's harder. Really? It's harder because everybody can create their own narrative and you get to choose as a reader what you want to believe and what you want to go to for your news. Like, you can go, like we're actually lucky. We have Sean Shapiro. We've got Matt DeFranks. We've got Heike and Stepneski doing their things. We have three different places where they can really go to for in-depth, intense coverage, and that's great. They, now they, they could watch to, our games, too, yeah, I guess, on television or radio. Yeah, well, that was – yes, of course. Of course. Oh, my God. It's information capitalism. It's a good thing. Drives up quality when there's all that. Competition. Exactly. Nobody controls the story. Yeah, so you can look – you can look anywhere but for a variety of you things. Also you get, have the Emporium. You also get your, your fanny chapped whenever stuff gets out that isn't tailored the way you'd like it to be, I, would, I assume. Correct, a little bit. And you take pride in when you can get like a big signing out without any murmur anywhere. You do like look at yourself like, yeah, I did my job. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you do nothing. There's nothing you control that like gets it out or so, not. Like, but when like, the Sagan announcement came out when we signed him, right before the season, our marketing and digital team was really happy that they were able to put that Super Mario Brothers, the Super Sagan Brothers, 
announcement out like that because it got so much traction and people looked at it and they thought it was great for the stars. So that was what they wanted to do, and we were able to let them get it out that way. Did you see Dirk Nowitzki's comments? I did not. Spot on. Spot on. It doesn't apply to the NHL, but in the NBA for sure. Oh, the Really? Yeah. You're talking about everybody living for Twitter yeah, and Instagram? Yeah, like he was upset. Yeah. And he was talking about almost playing against yes. each other, even in the play. Yeah. Which is insane. So, like, Totsi, as a young, upwardly mobile, or, mm. eh, yeah, I know. He well, knows Lakers. Laterally, Totes knows Lakers. Totes knows Lakers. A young, laterally mobile uh, professional. If you're... If you're getting your information from, no, forget about us because you're involved in us. But if you're getting information, are you smart enough now to understand that whatever's coming out of the team is going to be tinted and you want to go somewhere else? Are you okay getting stuff from a team's website or team's Twitter or team's no, Instagram? No, that's, that's, that's the great thing about Twitter is you don't have one source on it. You're following all these different sources and that whole conversation about it is what shapes your view. You're not reading one single writer or article. So you're just pooling. You're pooling information. This. And from that, you're drawing your own conclusions. It's so good. it's curated. It's curated, well, for sure. Get, that's where all this Facebook alg- algorithms and all that stuff comes into play. Because so, people are reading uh, something that's accustomed to what they think you want. Right. And well, that, that's it gets a little step. dangerous there. Apparently, that's the next step, Very too, targeted. Rather than, than getting news as it's... Uh, sent to us now or uh, how we consume it they're basically going to do what they already do as far as ad advertising in that where you know you're on uh, your mobile device and all of a sudden something pops up on there and you're like how do they know i just looked at a bunch of uh you know madden shoes or whatever it is and they're going to know what you and you are into and your news is just going to be that which is really Dangerous. Let's flip it on the other side, though. You're a very public personality with a Twitter following. How do you choose to use your mediums to get across well, to people? And does it affect you personally? It's easy. With, with me, it's, it's simple because I view, and this was great advice way back when, I view Twitter as an extension of our broadcast. So I, I don't swear on it. I wouldn't post stuff on there that I wouldn't ask our guys maybe to get video of and put it on our broadcast, things like that. Because it is a loaded gun. And you probably are up at night worrying about players or people in the organization with uh, any of these social media availabilities and just like, oh, my God. Do you warn them all the time? Do you have a pretty good – We talk during development camp. I get to talk to the young kids. But really now they become pretty smart in how to use it. What I worry more about is how what comes back to them affects them. What's going to happen, though, down the road when they can make fake fake everything? Like, how, how are we going to be able to control that? Like, somebody's going to be able to come up with something, and, well, even now they, they do it in a very rudimentary way where there's, an, there's a fake account around trade deadline time. You yeah, know, beware of fake accounts. Two, yeah. Somebody puts it out. Well, not 
too far in the future, they're going to be able to make you look like you're saying something you would never say. Well, the thing that's really getting guys right now is we're just now starting to get pro athletes that grew up with Twitter in middle school and high school. And that's how you get stuff like Kyler Murray, old tweets coming back to haunt you. Right. Not so much what they're going to post while they're with the team. It's what they post freshman year. Well, high and everyone goes back into that. Exactly. On draft night. That yes. comes up for everybody. Yeah, it happened. It's uh, very entertaining. The Bears quarterback, Trubisky, <laughs> when he came out. It's it a good ha- one. It's happened to a bunch of exactly. Players. There were a few NHL. Most recently, Kyler Murray, though. So, what, yeah. so you don't worry that much about it? You think they're, the young guys are pretty in understanding and, I guess, professional about how they utilize social media? Yeah, I mean, we've had a couple hiccups, but like it's just stuff that you're able to deal with yeah. and it goes away after time. Like None of this stuff really sticks if it's, if it's not harmful, and most of the stuff isn't harmful, but we do talk about it. But again, the thing I worry about is how is it going to affect your mindset and how do you let... How do you look at it and you view it the right way? You use it as a one-way street where I'm going Pretty to Pretty much, put, yeah. I'm going to put my thoughts out there, but I'm not going to react or take in no, what people I, are saying and I, let it affect me. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, if people want to say whatever they want to say, I, it doesn't really bother me that much. Nobody really likes to be criticized, but it happens. Uh, for the most part, I just I put out stuff. Every now and then, somebody will send something or ask of something and... I'll go that way. I, what bugs me the most, and maybe this is old guy talk, but when I see two guys going back and forth on Twitter, congratulating and backslapping each other, and that, it's <laughs> like, you know, you guys could just either pick up a phone or send a text. Like, you're only doing this for the collective audience. It's pretty obvious. It's obvious. There's one other thing with Twitter and games. When I'm watching the people who cover games... I'm glad Com- you brought that up. Comment early or comment on a play within a game that doesn't define the whole game, but you feel like it does. So they're overly critical at times when the whole game hasn't happened and they can redeem themselves within it. So you you, you almost jump the it's gun a, too early, and it could be either right way. now business, It could though. be both ways. It could be this guy scored two goals, but all of a sudden he lets in something mindless at the end of the game that winds up losing it, but... It changes your whole does, outlook. Does PR have any control over Team Twitter? Not very much. No. I, I'll give them ideas at times, or I'll let them bounce stuff. Yeah. I mean, if they want to do something that's kind You're of funny. You're a sounding board. Is if they want to do something funny, I've always suggested use me as the person to say yes or no, because it could protect you from something that you don't want, like the Houston Rockets when they had the gun emoji with the horse. Right. Like, have someone approve that. Don't let it mid 20 year old because it just ruined their career when and then you blame make the a mistake on there man it lives forever it's yeah. awesome so use me it's awesome uh good question for you two i think would be what what does hockey miss from a from a uh, not social media so much but just from a from a pr or uh uh, relation standpoint uh community community is probably not the right word because we do great stuff within the community but is there is there something that hockey is missing or hasn't hasn't hit on yet that maybe other sports are way ahead of us totes loves the drama that unfolds in other sports athlete to athlete okay, where they're but, just airing laundry but would yeah, you like that, that as no a, as that's a, what a pr guy does not want no, to deal with that right. hockey we don't have to but if i was to have this position in football or basketball that's part of the that's part Fix of the noise this tom yeah <laughs> But it's a lot different. I guess the PR standards, wouldn't you say, would be a lot different for an NBA team? Yeah. It's not yeah. the same way you would view the Dallas Stars. It's just the Wild West. Is exactly. it not with them? 
It is. You just throw things. You up just there wash your just, hands. As, all, I would think as a PR guy. Well, even in the media, you do. They have so much. They're talking about flat Earth. Like Kyrie right. Irving's talking about flat Earth. So and do it you has think, toads watching flat Earth documentaries? <laughs> do you think we're headed in that direction? The Earth might be flat. Our sport? How could we not? We need to head a little bit more towards that because that's where people are. So if you want people to notice you, we're known for being boring. Yeah, like we are boring. Well, and part of that too. It's gotten better. It's way better than it used to be. But man, we can be dull. So if you want to extend it further, like think of how our sport is built compared to the other ones. Football expiring contracts, guys move all the time. Like right now, you look at Twitter and it's all filled with, and you put on the NFL Network. This team's talking to this guy, and there's like swirl around all the this tampering stuff. is wonderful. NBA has shorter contracts. Tampering is it's a good awesome. Thing. NBA has three to five year contracts, and you see guys jump around. In NHL, it's I want the eight year contract full, and I'm going to stay here. And you miss that element yeah. of movement, and that creates a lot of news and drama, and people want to watch that. Do you, would you welcome that? As a team employee that's grown up in hockey, no, I want my best player to stay with us for as long as possible. Yeah. I'm guilty of that, but then there's a, that fan part of you that's like, it would be awesome if, like, the, the John Tavares stuff. That's compelling. Yeah. People wanted to see that, and it made it. it look lit what it turned into. Empire. Yeah, and then you have one that's what city I mean, chanting though. Like it, uh, what Toad said last coming. week. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Like it's coming. Like you know, no, he, he lived through it. It was. I'm sure it was an awkward day for him on Long Island going back there. And, you know, it was, it was must-see in here. You know, we don't need you. <laughs> Pajama boy and everything else. Like, we've never had that before. For the most part, when a guy leaves and he comes back, we bow down and kiss his shoes and put a tribute video on the board and everyone's kissy-kissy and then you move on. Like, when Heatley went back to Ottawa, he got it. That was vitriol. Tavares going back there was vitriol. But how many big guys, oh, big name guys leave and that but fan there's base a, feel that way? I, I, I feel a change, though, in our, our top-end players where 10 years ago nobody wanted any part of that. Like it would crush them, our top guys, to have to go through that. It would just uh, squeezy. I think this new breed now are like, yeah, bring it on. Because they're – they back in the day they looked at Michael Jordan, probably right, and they're like that. That's my guy, you know. Won all his his uh, titles in one city in one uniform. Yeah, he went on to the Wizards and went and but played six baseball, and whatever and else. Six, but he did it all there. See, yeah. Now this generation looks at LeBron and they're like, well, yeah, that's what you do, man. You turn this into an odyssey. Will and it feed over? Will it? I, yeah, it has part? to. It always does. Cross do, all in eight. Do contracts matter, though? In the NHL, the max contract. No contracts. Everyone's day-to-day. That's the way the game should be. It's the way it was meant to be. Week-to-week. Week. Then you have Bryce Harper signing 13-year deals in MLB. Uh, true. I love those contracts when I was in the East Coast Hockey League. The, they were contracts you'd sign them. They could rip them up. $270 you, like, a week. And, yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> they could rip it up in your face and just drop it on the floor and you have no contract. But when you sign the contract, you're like, I just signed a pro contract. <laughs> playing pro. That's you being good in a shootout or not. Pro. You should you should have made that last save in the shootout, Razor. That's good information. I didn't know a lot of that stuff. You guys are interesting young men. I think you've really added to the podcast this week. Yes. Hope well, I- the- Hopefully there's more. Oh, Mike you- is listening. Well, you know what? There is more because suspensions and suspension talk 
is what we're going to get into. Should we suspend this segment? For a moment. And then we get into suspensions. All right, no Jack Eichel for the Buffalo Sabres uh, here in Buffalo because he's suspended. And, you know, when, when McDavid got suspended a little while ago, it was like, what's going on here? Like, you can't, I don't remember in past your best players getting suspended, like the, the upper crust. But if you look through the list here now, like it started with Max Domi, really, you know, way back in in preseason, but Giordano with the with the Flames, he might win the Norris this year. Suspended. Eric Carlson, who has won the Norris, suspended. Ryan Johansson, suspended. Malkin, suspended. Kucherov got fined, and he's running away with the Art Ross. McDavid got suspended. Eichel suspended. Voracek suspended. He's appealing it. Tom Wilson got 14 games, but nobody really raised an eyebrow over that. But he's a he's a terrific player, and a couple you know Price and Ovechkin got yeah suspended. they flexed their muscle for yeah, the All Star yeah, game, and they the said your guys game. are out. But I mean, uh. I, I can't remember another time where that many like just absolute world class talents were the guys that got suspended. What's going on, Tom? George Peros. Oh, is it the revenge of George Peros? <laughs> I don't think that's true at all. And, and NHL, just, <laughs> NHL player security. He's like, you know, you, you, nobody would pass me the puck, and I had to protect those clowns all the time, and I'm going to get them back. But although last season, the last one, diffused the Iron Man streak of right. Andrew Cogliano. So they're all kind of interesting because they're superstars, and then you have notable things being stopped. I, I, it baffles me. And none of them are really that lengthy. They're all like two-game two, suspension. Most of them are for checks to the head, which they're trying to get rid of in our, in our game. But I don't know. It just seems weird that it's those guys and not the guys that are usually checking those guys that so are ending up suspended. We here in Starsland haven't had we, to see that, many that was of the them. thing you and I were spitballing on the plane. And I've been here now for you know 20-some-odd years, and – we just don't seem like an organization that gets suspended all that much. We did suspend one of our players for a game the other day, but that was for other reasons. We may internally. Have, we may equal <laughs> internal team suspensions versus we, league ones. Yeah, because league since thirteen fourteen, we've only had seven suspensions. Really? And it's only three of them were by Ryan Garbutt in thirteen fourteen and fourteen fifteen. That was uh, when he attacked someone in Anaheim, didn't he? Uh, he Penner. He took That's out Penner, yeah. Dustin Penner. Took out Penner, then he took out Taylor Hall and Dustin Bufflin. So they've, that runs the gamut of different wow. types of players See, you could take out. See, that's what I mean. <laughs> it used to be the other way around. And then he got he had the Corey Perry spearing incident, well, but that didn't really that amount to anything in That should be applauded in, more in so playoffs. than suspended. And then 15-16, Jason Demers got spe- suspended for two games for an elbow on Benino. Uh, 16-17, Alexia got two for a play against Vandeveld, and Eakin got four games when he took out your boy. I, I heard you just gushing wow. and effusive in your praise for the looks of one my God. Henrik Lundqvist. Like, did you? I'm heterosexual, but my 
goodness. Like, did you see him? I saw him at the All-Star game, and we were on the yeah, red carpet th- together, and I stopped him. I looked at him, and I said, you're beautiful. Man, I, I, I did. I said, man, I don't Henry, even, are we the beautiful. same species? You're beautiful. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's insane. It's, it's, it was awful. They made Miro walk directly behind Henrik Lundqvist on the NHL red carpet. Uh, anybody having to follow that. He should just. He's a he should be the last guy in every line. Should, doesn't matter what city it. it is. What What uh, got me was you know when he's got a, a Zania suit on and he's in New York and he's all quaffed up because he's had a team working on him. That's one thing. He was backing up after warm up in Dallas, and he looked like he had been uh, chiseled, quaffed, uh, and and made up. Like, it, he, he didn't look real sitting there in his gear. Like, that kind of perfection. Statuesque. Yeah, it was... It, it, it struck me. He's a That's man. why Cody Eakin got probably it's two extra games. Yeah. Well, he knocked the handsome <laughs> right out of him in that one. No, he still looked great. Maybe he left... I don't that. think he did. He did the hair whip, though. I remember that. He did do the hair whip. Did you he, have he a did. slow... That's, we have it next, Mo. That's... I'm looking at your phone. It's your wallpaper, Razor. My hair whip? <laughs> oh, Henrik's. No, Hank. Solid-looking male species. Uh, GM meetings were this past week. The course must have been plush, and the greens must have been slick, because <laughs> what they came up with was not what they usually come up with, or nail down, or push forward, or whatever it is. So they, they come up with three things that are going to be implemented uh, power play face-offs, they now give the, the players an option. Now, they've been trotting this out in the American Hockey League this year, so it was on a trial anyway. So An incubation period. They basically just – yeah, it's, and it's no longer in its infancy. It has, been, it has been stamped for approval. So they didn't even really have to debate that. They just basically all just raised their arms and then went to the first tee. No helmet. No play. If your helmet falls off, we're not going to be able to sit there and say, oh, look at him. He's rocking it like 70s out there and the flow going and everything. Would you enjoy? I, I don't enjoy it within the game as much as I used to because I, I think the same thing. I'm like, God, that looks odd. And it just seems like it's a lawsuit waiting to happen, which I'm sure is the genesis of this. Shout out Jason Witten. <laughs> Speaking of hair, speaking of uh, helmets off, plays that, with the helmet making off, making plays with oh, no yeah, helmets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Not, you just thought that was out of nowhere. Yeah. The Jason Witten rule it came out of the GM meeting. I thought, I thought the <laughs> he flow, came out of retirement. I thought the brought, hair flow thing was getting you. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty Im- impressive. They they didn't change the rules. I don't think in the NFL did they? No. W- no. It was I, awesome. W- but the play's over in four yeah. seconds all the time anyway. But it was pretty cool. It looks, but it looks weird, doesn't it? It is. Yeah. Will they be quicker to jump in during fights if a bucket pops off? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there will be no fights. Within three years, nobody will fight anybody anymore. The trend is going in that direction. Just on Twitter if Totes gets his way. They won't have to worry about it. Settle it on Twitter. Yes. That's where they sh- Yes. Fans will Take love it. Take a page out of basketball. Uh, and then the other one is they're going to stick clocks in the boards. Like grandfather clocks? I hope that's what they do. I hope they they set like just carve out a little corner, a cuckoo and, clock, and put a <laughs> put a put a grandfather clock in one, and put a cuckoo clock over in the other corner, 
and then just put plexiglass over top of it. It'll be like the wipeout with the with the punching wall where it just you just get hit by the cuckoo clock. <laughs> Don't even need last minute. <laughs> Jeff K is not going to have to announce that anymore. <laughs> Cuckoo's going to tell you. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. It's pretty good. I like that. Can you imagine seeing the modern player try to figure out a grandfather clock without a, without, without a digital something? Huh? An analog clock. Actually, they're tough. Did you even, you didn't even have to set your clocks. Of course. Because just your push forward. Just take, yeah. I, did, I had to do it on the stove. It was the only place. And... Razor's a world-class chef for all of you that were wondering, so he's in there a lot. A double and ovens. Is, yeah. We have double ovens. And he's I a green to, egg guy. He, I he am is that a green as well. egg guy. But uh, it, it's a pretty good idea. I, I understand this one. I, I, those clocks are enormous. and they, Will it be distracting to a goaltender? It could be. But th- they said that I go back to when there were no uh, ads on the boards. It was just white. Right, and I remember when the ads came in, and everybody was just like, "Hold it here now, the goalies are going to lose the puck." And in, in if there's any black or dark brown or something in the ads, it's like, please. Same thing with ads on the ice. Well, you can, they're going to lose the puck. No, they don't. And it'll be the same thing there. It'll just be part of the architecture of the of the arena. And at some point, they'll be they'll they should be able to do this now. Why 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 can they not just um, beam the time clock onto the boards in the corner, or is that what they're going to do? I'm assuming that's what they would do. They wouldn't use. They definitely LED. could. Is that not what they're planning I, to do? I don't know. I was hoping you guys would have done. Why don't some they put microchips the inside people's visors? Well, that's coming too. We'll have a whole Iron but Man set up, and <laughs> they, they're they're going to have to take their cleats off and get off the course in order to put something like that into play, though. Game's good. Yeah. Oh no, it's it is good. Everyone's enjoying the uptick in offense this season. Well, almost everyone is enjoying that. The Stars are not taking part of that at either end of the rink this season. And they're not taking part in one other category. And that's what I want to talk about next. Right uh, here uh, without Mike Heike this week. So I have the great Tom Holy and Jeff Totes, and we're we're riding we're riding along here. We're riding bareback this week, aren't we? A little bit. You've got Totes and Holes with you. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah that's we where do. you need to go. We'll get you. Totes there. and Holes on Rinky Dinkin. Uh, quite an auspicious season for both uh, shutouts and shootouts for our club this season. Eight shutouts have been registered by the Dallas Stars. As you're staring at me, I know you know this because I made you look it up. The Stars record for shutouts. I can wager a guess. That's team shutouts. Go ahead, Tom. 11. Oh, my God. You nailed it. Two times. It did happen a couple of times. You got to go back to 2000-2001 when it was the pairing of Belfour and Turco. And then a couple of years later, in 0203, when it was Turco and Tugger, Ronnie Tugnut. The Tuggernaut. Uh, and that's, that's pretty good in an 82-game season to be blanking the opposition 11 times. So this is the most since another fine pair, 
man the pipes for the Dallas Stars, Turco and Mike Smith, who's now in Calgary. He does have good flow. That's some solid flow there. No question about it. Uh, one more thing about, about flow and no buckets. I, I hope they – it's going to come. It'll just get grandfathered out, not grandfather clocked out, <laughs> but grandfathered out where guys will you, – you won't see a guy with uh, no bucket on and warm up pretty soon, which is sad. I don't understand that at all. Nobody's hitting anyone. Nobody really gets hurt. Just, just Taylor Hall. Just out Taylor there. Hall. Yeah, I mean, so one guy got injured, and you're going to... You think that's the way it's going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because none of these young guys coming in are comfortable with that. They've okay. always had a visor and, and a yeah. helmet on. Sure. They're, you know, they're going to freak out. They're like, what? I'll be so exposed in that. But The visor thing is funny. It's gone full circle, though, because somebody was talking to me about a video production they wanted to do with Jamie Ben, who watched Jamie Ben a lot, and they were talking about how they wanted to put something on his visor, and I said... No, 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 that can't happen. He doesn't wear yeah. one. And they looked at me like, oh, my God, you're right. I just assume now. Yeah, there you go. And it's coming. And pretty soon every, there won't be any because that has changed as well. But Although when they put our rookies out there in Vegas without their buckets, I yeah. stopped and noticed. I was like, why isn't, why isn't he wearing a helmet? But it just <laughs> looks don't – you, don't you think it looks better just for that segment of time? You have all – we have helmets on? No lids and warm. No, yeah, definitely. Like you no allow lids. all these fans to come down next to the glass, right? They don't have helmets on. They're right there. There's pucks flying over the glass from here, there, and everywhere. Guys are flipping pucks out, getting them away. And the players, it's a chance to see these guys flowing around. They look, they look human instead of all looking the same. Yeah, they just look robotic if they all have a visor and a helmet on. So should they wear them in shootouts? Well, yeah, because now you have a guy on the other side that could trip you up and you go headfirst into the boards and, and that. So just from a, from a safety standpoint, they probably have to. They, I remember they talked about that when shootouts first came in, which was 05, 06, that maybe guys should leave their helmets off when they do that. We don't have to worry about whether they wear them or don't wear them this year or for the past calendar year because the stars are never in them. Uh, it's crazy. I... I have they abolished shootouts? Is that what happened? I think so. I haven't noticed any happening all year. Because I, I have None. not seen a Stars unless I missed a game somewhere along the line. First of all, do you know the longest streak in the NHL without a shootout for a team? Over, spanning this is multiple not it. Seasons. On Thursday, when we're in Minnesota, will be exactly a calendar year from the last time the Stars were in a shootout. And it, it was be the 81st It was game. in Toronto. They lost 6-5. Uh, I mean, I like Tortorella, the coach of the Columbus Blue Jacks, who said, basically, now. Put it in the cannon and it, shoot it to the moon. It was probably, <laughs> probably just a smidge of hyperbole in there, knowing him, but said, play three on three until someone dies. That was his way of getting around the shootout. Love it. Just play till someone dies. Sounds like torts. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, but what is the longest? It's 87 games, oh. and it is by your Dallas Stars. Is it really? From 2015-16 to 2016-17. Started on January wow. 9th, 2016, and it went to January 21st, 2017. 87 games. Now, that could very easily get eclipsed right now because there are two teams 
knocking right on the door. And who would those be? The Dallas, Dallas Stars. And we're sitting at 79 right now. And as of this taping, Toronto's actually got 80. They have one more than us. And there's huh. their last shootout was, was the game against us? It was March 15th, 2018, the day before. They went to back-to-back shootouts, apparently. So the day, the day after March, they, they, they had the, their streak started. The day after the Stars and the Leafs met. Oh, no, it probably was the same game. I'm sorry, the streak started. It was the game ending. Tom, yeah. do your so homework. I'm sorry, I didn't look at the game. I looked at the date it started. They probably didn't play the We don't before. do our homework during rinky-dinking. <laughs> we do it prior to. That's on me. Your preparation will me. always be revealed. Good stats. Those are good stats, though. Uh, yeah. so, that's awesome. That's but they an- played one additional game last year, so they're one. if we were both to finish with 82 games this year. That's unbelievable. And that's never happened. In fact, n- not only has no team gone without a shootout, the only – the only two teams that have had two, which is the fewest prior to it, was Carolina in 12-13 and Arizona in 15-16, and both teams went one and one. No. So there's never been, there's never been a team no, I'm to lost. not I don't have know a whether, shootout loss. I don't know whether I'm lost or my mind just blew up. I'm not sure. It, it could be my mind. This is I, holy puckaganda. You asked for it, you I know. got it. I still have this head cold. Maybe it's just that, not my head exploding. It's weird, though, isn't it, that they book, they're bookending – this whole shootout extravaganza, because when shootouts first began, the stars dominated. The first two seasons of the shootout, they were in 26 of them in two seasons, and they went 21 and five. Marty That's Tur- a lot of points. It's a lot of Marty Turco with Jokinen and. Sergey Zubov would start. You uh, see, Jokinen was the second guy, and he would go wide. Marty would make two saves, and it was over. It was just church. And every Marty, Marty had that distinctive time. approach. Oh, where he just—he looked like a like a spider monkey. He'd get sideways, and he'd bounce, and then he'd and then he'd jump out. He'd make a save, make another save, and it was over. Two uh, saves, done. Extra point. Now. The most shootouts in a season by a team was done by Washington in 2013-14, and they competed in 21 shootouts that year. Well, wow. 21, and they went 10 and 11. Uh, roughly 500. Uh, before we bolt out of here, we do want to get this one in, since the Stars are playing the Wild in a rather important game this week. There is quite a linkage between the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Well, Tell us about it. Well, it goes all the way back to when the Stars left Minnesota for Texas. When did that happen? It happened in the early 90s. And uh, they had to go away in order to come back as as, uh, thriving as they have been and as passionate as they have been in St. Paul. It's been uh, XL Energy Center is one of the better venues in the league, and uh, they've wrapped their arms around them up there. Uh, understandably so. But there's been a lot of stuff that's gone on between these two teams. And they've only met the one time in the playoffs, but that's one of them. There was a jersey shuck up there uh, from a prominent former player. See, this, I I need to know more about that. They lost, I was skipping on, they lost game 82 in Minnesota in the Mark Crawford era. They win that game. They're in the playoffs. That would bounce Chicago, right? Yes, Chicago and, and Detroit, they I think, played earlier that yeah. day. Crazy day. Uh, Madonna retirement night in Dallas. Minnesota Wild in town. 4-3 win. 
and then yeah, Curry got smoked. Was that the night Curry yeah, got smoked? And Tim by Thomas Hall came up? in. Yeah. Uh, said no to uh, an outdoor game. I think there was a little controversy going on there. They didn't want the old D Stars in their little outside game. Their negative twenty degree. Uh, the only playoff series win in the past decade was against them. They uh, Suter almost ended his career in Dallas with that, that crazy Awful leg. Break. Oh my God! Did you read that story about what he had to go through and what could have happened? And I did like, not. I missed that. Well, maybe I'll tell it on Thursday night on the broadcast. You should tune in. Uh, Fox Sports Southwest. Late, lately, Madonna's played a little bit of footsie with the Wild organization. At least that's what people want to... I've seen tweets. Yeah. They put out some stuff. There's a mammoth game on Thursday, as I mentioned. The the lacrosse team? No. It's, it's Colorado. Okay. Uh, and then game 82 this year. Who knows what kind of ramifications that one will have. Is the Dallas Stars hosting the Minnesota Wild at American Airlines Center? That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good little uh, list of you're our northern cousin. We're your southern rival. And Bruce Boudreaux earlier in the year went all Joe Namath on everyone. Yeah, he's guaranteed playoffs. Gabby, my old partner. You guys did well today. Really did. Thought this went okay in our little. Uh, our little fill-in for Mike Heiko. We hope he gets well soon. Yeah, I hope you do get to check the Twitter feed that accompanies this with the pictures that Jeff's taking right now because we are in the boardroom, and it is splendid. Yeah, it is. That's how we do it on Ranky Dinking. I'll tell you what. If I was Heiko, I'd be, I'd be sweating like a jar of pickles in the summer sun. Well, that's because he's sick. He actually is, one. but it had, that's because of the influenza. That might just be whatever's... <laughs> infected him all right be well hope you enjoyed this great insight you guys thanks for helping out this week and we will talk to you next week from a location tba